Have you ever heard a song that just brought back memories of a fun time in your life? You know, for me, when I hear Wu-Tang Clan's ice cream, I think of summer time and in the 90s where I was in Coney Island with my friends and just having a good time. I just I can picture it in my head. uh, And it's just a great, a great memory. Or maybe, you know, it's an aroma that triggers a fond memory. You know, maybe it's the smell of fall scents that triggers memories of of time with family or, or things like that. Our brains catalog memories using our senses and it creates lasting memories. Today's episode will discuss how trauma memories are stored and what we can do to begin to heal from those traumatic memories. But before we get into that, I want to take a moment and hear from our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Restorative Family Services. We are a behavioral health practice. Our mission is to provide quality, affordable, and accessible mental health care to the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. If you are struggling and in a dark place, we are here to help. Visit our website at www.restorativefamilyservices.com. This podcast is brought to you by Private Practice, where we provide leadership training and practice management coaching specific to helping mental health professionals build their private practice to provide a much needed service for their community. Want to learn more? Visit our website at www.privatepractice.com. So trauma It's a response to a deeply distressing or disturbing event that overwhelms an individual's ability to cope, which causes feelings of hopelessness and helplessness. Um, Some signs of trauma may include, you know, unpredictable emotions. You know, you might start crying out of nowhere. You might feel anxious when triggered flashbacks, reliving the traumatic incident or traumatic event. Trauma shows up in your relationships too, because there might be something going on that triggers you. And because you have not dealt with that trauma, you can feel attacked, victimized, uh, and start to have a reaction to others or to uh, certain events. And even physical symptoms like headaches and nausea are, are trauma symptoms. So, you know, I want you to think about your brain as like a memory factory. Our mind is like a memory factory, right? Whose sole purpose is to transfer things that happen on the outside into an inside memory. You know, the brain will process sensory information such as our sight, our taste, our touch, sounds, smells, and it stores that information in various parts of the brain. Two regions that are really involved in storing memory is called the amygdala and the hippocampus. So think of the hippocampus as like, it's the place where a timestamp is is stamped on that memory. So this kind of gives us like a place on the timeline. Think about when you go to the post office and you deliver that mail, they have to stamp it to say when they receive that, that mail. So the hippocampus is kind of like that post office. It's going to give it stamp for when that memory occurred around that time. The amygdala, it's going to catalog all of the 
sensory information, all of the details, you know, what it smelled like when this memory was um, taking place, what it looked like, what it felt like, what it tasted like, you know, all those things, those fascinating details of the actual memory. And so, you know, going back to our uh, scenario of the factory, most of the memories that come through, you know, are of the size and structure that can be easily processed. So most of the memories, you know, that come through the conveyor belt, you know, are pretty healthy size that can get processed easily with no hiccups, no problems. But occasionally in the event where there is trauma, right, those events are a little more than we can handle. Those events might not be as easily stored or processed. And then what happens is it will overwhelm the system, causing it to break down, causing the memory to break down. So when the, the factory starts to break down, it gets jammed up. And because the memory is not processed and the timestamp, it doesn't go through the normal uh, processing of a memory, events can trigger you, right? It hasn't had a timestamp. So it feels like when something like this happens again, it feels like you're going through it all over again because it was never processed. That memory was never processed. It shut down before it can get processed. It shut down before it can get a time stamped. And so when something like that happens or when something that reminds you of that traumatic event happens, it feels like you're currently experiencing that uncatalogued memory. This is usually experienced as like flashbacks and reliving the event. You know, at these times, we press the factory stop button and we try to avoid anything that reminds us of that or that, you know, will help us imagine the traumatic event, because now we're having all of these physical symptoms, you know, we're sweating, we're feeling like we're reliving it. So we just don't want to deal at all. So now we just kind of move away and avoid anything that triggers those physical sensations or anything that reminds us of that traumatic event. And so we suppress and avoid these triggering events. And we fail again, we fail to process the event as a memory. So when we start to effectively treat trauma, we have to process it. We have to look at those scary events. We have to go through the discomfort of, of dealing with that whole processing of a, of a memory in order to move forward in our trauma work. And by gradually exposing ourselves to these situations that cause us discomfort, we work through it. We experience the distress, um, but we work through it and it, it takes over less and less of our lives. All right. And so it reduces the distress long term. So there will be some discomfort because, you know, when you go through trauma work, it is uncomfortable. You're opening Pandora's box, you're opening memories that you've suppressed and it may come out and flood you um, because you've whether how long if you haven't dealt with this trauma for years, it will come like a raging river back at you. So having healthy coping strategies is going to help you be able to process that so that you can improve the quality of life. And so that's what we're going over today. Just how you start, just where do you, where do you start when you're looking to process trauma? All right. So I have eight tips for you guys when you start to process trauma. Number one is this work isn't easy. 
So you're going to need some help. You're going to need to identify and seek professional help. I recommend linking up with a really good therapist who is trauma-informed, certified in trauma, someone who uh, has some uh, expertise in dealing with trauma. That's number one. Number two, don't isolate. Join a support group. Join individuals who are uh, going to understand where you are uh, in your journey and provide support. Even if you don't join a support group, identify some trusted individuals in your family or friend groups that can that you can talk to about this, about your journey. Number three is practice mindfulness strategies. Mindfulness strategies, mindfulness is a uh, type of meditation that puts you into the here and now by u- utilizing all of your senses. And like we had talked about before, our memories are cataloged using our senses, right? In the amygdala. So when you start to meditate, you start to self-regulate, you start to calm your body using your senses and you start to relabel how you're maneuvering through these traumatic events. So you start to do so in a safe environment, reminding yourself that, hey, I am not in the throes of the traumatic event, but I am in the present moment now and I am safe. So you're starting to relabel and process those memories in the current memories that you're building today. Okay, so number four is don't avoid it. You know, when we avoid our emotions, they don't go away. They just it's energy. So it's not going to go away until we process it's just going to store and the more we avoid the bigger it gets and the more powerful and scary those events get so we can just minimize the impact that this traumatic event will have by facing it and confronting it number five is practice self-compassion and self-love you know no matter where you are in your journey, this is going to get difficult. And, you know, there will be slip ups. There will be times where you don't meet the goals that you set out or you're frustrated with yourself. But remembering to be kind to yourself, remembering to be encouraging, remember to pour into yourself because it's hard to deal with scary moments. It's hard to go into Uh, something that has been locked away and that you feared for a long time. So the journey can be difficult and you want to make sure that you're compassionate every step of the way with yourself. Number six is forgiveness. Making sure that you have a good handle on forgiveness so that you're not walking around with anger, resentment, and all these other negative emotions that keep you stuck, okay? Because the purpose of this is we want to get this factory up and rolling and processing memories, something that uh, we can put behind us. It's a traumatic memory, and we want to be able to, to process it and put it behind us and not relive it. So part of the processing is practicing forgiveness, whether it's forgiving yourself Maybe you have been hard on yourself about putting yourself in this situation or blaming yourself for the event, the traumatic event, or maybe it's forgiving the perpetrator for what has happened so that you can move on and grow and process those 
negative emotions keeping you stuck. So practicing forgiveness is going to be an important part of your journey and working through your trauma. Number six is keep a routine. You know, so often I see clients who allow the trauma to take over so much more of their lives and and stop them from living, which ultimately gives the person or the perpetrator who's caused you the trauma more power over your life because you stop doing the things that made you happy. You stop living um, your life. You stop pursuing your goals because of fear and it just takes over more and more of your life. So keep a routine, being consistent, even when you don't feel like, you know, doing something, even when you don't have the motivation, but making sure that you have a routine of things that you're going to be doing um, just to keep moving forward. Uh, Because again, the thing is we do not want to be stuck. And the last tip is to work on relationships. You do not have to do this by yourself. And trauma can sometimes make you um, show up differently in relationships. So having that in your mind that, hey, this could be a trauma response. And maybe, you know, the pe- there are people here that love and support me and opening up to those individuals and really working on maintaining healthy relationships because your support system is everything when you're going through uh, trauma. You want people to hold space for you. So making sure that you show up as the best version of yourself in those relationships and that you identify your stuff and your trauma. So when we're talking about trauma treatment, there are a number of really uh, good modalities that you can look for. So when you're looking for a professional, some of these modalities might be helpful um, when you're assessing which therapist to work with, which mental health professional to work with. Prolonged exposure is a type of modality that teaches you how to gain control by facing your negative feelings. It involves talking about your trauma with a provider and doing some of the things uh, you have avoided since that trauma. So looking for someone who is trained and prolonged exposure therapy is is good. Uh, there's also CPT, which is cognitive processing therapy, which teaches you to reframe negative thoughts about the trauma. It involves talking with your provider about your negative thoughts and doing short writing assignments. And then there is eye movement desensitization and reprocessing, EMDR, which is very popular now. And it helps you process and make sense of your trauma. It involves calling the trauma to mind while paying attention to a back and forth movement or sound like a finger waving, a side to side, a sight or a tone. So these are some modalities that you can ask for. But I want to leave you with this. So in conclusion, Trauma can have a lasting impact on our lives if left unresolved. We can stay stuck and forced to relive those traumatic events over and over, and it can just really damage the quality of life, you know, that we're looking to have. So working through trauma is difficult and can take a number of years. However, doing the work up front ensures that you open up yourself to living the life that you want to live and not succumbing to fear. All right. So until next time, enjoy your day on purpose. If you have found this episode helpful, help us grow our audience by providing us with a five-star review. You help make this podcast visible to others, help pull others out of a dark space 
by showing that you care, by sharing this podcast with them. Nothing is better than a friend or loved one who wants you to up-level your life with them. Thanks for tuning in.